Coming up on this edition of the Golf Digest podcast, we preview the 2019 PGA Championship at Bethpage Black. My God, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. Well, why do they even have one if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. What is this, custom? Mine's off the rack. I wish Tiger Woods was here to help me with this. We'll do it live. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Podcast. I'm Alex Myers. Today I'm joined by Sam Wyman, Ryan Harrington, Joel Beal. Uh, guys, it's May. It's the PGA Championship for the first time in May. Well, at least in, in my lifetime. Um, we. What do we think about the new schedule? What do we think? You know, obviously, yeah. we're excited. Well, I'm excited PGA. now because it's like sunny outside. Yeah, it's not cool, for 40 once. degrees and raining because yeah. I would have been really down on the PGA in May uh, if you asked me this question like two days ago. Well, well let's, wait, when, let's, let's look at the weather. Days, yeah, <laughs> I know, but at least I can envision a scenario in which major championship golf in New York makes sense um, because it's a beautiful day. I think, obviously, we're all fans of Beth Page Black, so I think it's going to be – it can be a great test. But the last two majors at Beth Page Black, it's worth noticing or noting – um, we're a bit of a disaster from a weather standpoint. So yeah. we go in with some trepidation. Yeah, that was in June, obviously, the U.S. Open. I believe in 2009, that June, I remember it rained like 26 out of 30 days. But it feels like the same right now for May and April. April was – you guys laughed at me when I said this was the worst weather uh, a few weeks ago. April broke a record. Most days rained in New York history. Uh, May, I think we're on pace to break the record as well. It, it literally rains every day. I'm not making this up, guys. Uh, Beth Page, it's going to be similar, I think. It's already raining the forecast for four of the days. Joel, how much is that going to change, I guess, the course? Uh, you know, obviously, for you or I, or at least for me, the course would be insanely long. Uh, what do you think for these guys? Well, I think the weather is going to be an issue, especially because when the move was announced, you did have a share of critics going, this is going to be a disaster, or at least from the northeast venues in terms right. of weather. But uh, talking with actually PGA officials, they made a good point. Uh, the last 18 or 19 years, they've had the senior PGA this time, and they've actually had, or I should say the PGA Championship in August had double the amount of rainouts. So hmm. they made this move knowing that they actually, in their estimation, had a better chance of avoiding bad weather. But uh, going to your question of how the weather is going to affect the course, it, it's funny. It, Bethpage really, it's, it's rough is its main defense, rough and length. The greens aren't, there's not that much right, complications right, right. to it. So in a, in a sense, they kind of need the rain to toughen up the course a little bit. If not, you could see eight or nine under win compared to, I think, three and four under one, uh, the U.S. Open. So uh, in a weird way, they, they were, uh, from what I've talked to a few PGA officials, they, they kind of need the rain to toughen up Bethpage a little bit. You know, you say that, though, and I'm wondering how much you were saying that based on the fact that the last two majors, or the only two majors there, were was when it played soft. So, we're, yes, we're, we're saying, oh, uh, the rough is the main offense because the weather dictated that would be the main offense. I wonder if Beth Page ever played firm and fast, whether we'd be talking about it differently. Because well, it played it played at least firm and fast. Now, granted, you can't not necessarily apples to apples, but in the 2016 Barclays, it was relatively dry weather that week, and I believe 10 under Patrick Reed won at 10 mm -hmm. under. So uh, obviously, a PGA Championship set up a little bit differently than a PGA Tour event. But that being said, I think we'd say it's closer to the PGA Tour setup on the spectrum of air than a U.S. Open. So I think if you're if you're looking to see how it's gonna set up, I'd, I'd use that event rather than the 2002 and 2009 U.S. Open. Well, what's interesting, I think, too, when you look at the, the scoring, because they played to a par 70 at those U.S. Opens, it would have been 8-under and 7-under, the winning mm, scores there, mm -hmm. whereas at Barclays, it's been 9-under and 10-under. So it's not that far off. Right. And and to your point, Sam, I agree. I think the, 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 
the rain and, and, and whatnot has toughened up the golf course, and so maybe that's why it's a couple strokes under. I, I do think the rain will be a good thing for the golf course. It sounds like it needed to, to, to fill in a little bit more, and perhaps the rough will be a little bit more lush and whatnot. But I think it plays so much into the hands of some of these you know, long bomber guys that we've talked about because you don't need to putt all that well, but, or you don't need to be a great putter to, to, to score well on there. You need to hit the ball long. You need to be a precise ball striker. I think, uh, I think the rain will toughen it up, but I also think it's going to mean that a lot of big names are in, in the mix here. You know, I, we were talking earlier about some of the holes on this course, and, you know, obviously we're fortunate that we live near enough to Bethpage. I think we've all played there a few times, um, although you do have to battle the you know, the long island traffic to get out there. Uh, but, what for, you know, Ryan, what, what are your favorite parts of the course, I guess, at Bethpage, uh, having having played it? Well, I, I think the fact that it is such a brawny test. I mean, it's got a lot of different kinds of holes. There's a lot of variety out there. But I think, you know, the fact that you you got to hit the ball a long way. I mean, mm. you got to you got to be able to really be a good player out there. I mean, the, the warning sign we all joke about the warning right. sign or whatnot. It, it's really true. If, if you don't hit the ball a long way, you're hitting long irons, you're hitting hybrids, you're hitting woods into these. It, it's a difficult golf course course for the average player. And I think even for the pros, I, I remember in 2002 when it first came, the U.S. Open first came there. I mean, I think there were a lot of people who were really scared that they were going to just rip the mm-hmm. golf course up. Right. And it didn't happen that way, you know. Uh, and, and I think I've the folks at Bethpage were very excited that that was the case and whatnot. But I think it proved that the golf course is a really stern test. And um, I, I think that's what I like about it. It, it. You know, say what you will about the People's Country Club and all this other stuff and, and all the, the lore around it. It's a difficult golf course. And, and that's what these major championships should be played on. And so I, I think there's been this aura around Bethpage, but it, it's forgotten how major championship worthy it really is. Speaking of hitting a long way, uh, my last time playing there was with you, Joel. We had a oh, golf digest <laughs> scramble. I think we, the over-under I, was five minutes. Yeah, but yeah, but we, we got to use uh, the one drive, right, and then best ball from there. Mm-hmm. So we literally used your drive all day, thank goodness, because the course is, is a monster. But, yeah, we tore it up after that drive. So if you can, if, I mean, if you can hit good drives there – I'll say that there really isn't you can much make putts. You can, yeah. From I'll say from the green standpoint, they because this is a public course. You have to remember that a lot of public golfers aren't necessarily that great. So, you know, most of the year they have to keep it relatively playable, and that, that's why you, there's only so much you can do with the green contours. But uh, kind of going back, I think I know there is that lore about being the public's uh, the uh, people's country club. To me, that really is the biggest selling point because I, I, the bunkering's great. Uh, obviously, uh, the way they frame the holes is perfect, but. The fact that this really is just a public golf course, no offense to Pebble Beach, but $800 to me doesn't really qualify as a public course. The fact that this is really just a course that any of us can play on the weekend is a really cool aspect and something I wish golf would do a little bit more of. The phrase that I always think of when I think about Beth Page Black is Tiger always referred to as a big ball park. Like, mm. you know, it's a, it really is like everything is super sized. And for that reason, this is might be complete naivete on my part, but it doesn't, it is not as intimidating as maybe uh, some people make it out to be because. You know, the landing areas are fairly big. Mm-hmm. Greens are fairly flat. Yes, it's cr- it's crazy long, but you are you have some room to kind of make mistakes and and and, and miss it in spots. So, um, you know, that's just from like from my perspective, and that's of course going in with the expectation it's really hard. So you kind of already are recalibrating how tough it should be. Um, I, I think it's a fantastic golf course. Again, I go back to the idea that. Um, when it plays this long and probably going to play this soft, I feel like it, it's uh, somewhat limited because you're not um, you know, bringing more aspects of the game into the equation. Yeah, and 
you know, you said you can miss. Obviously, at the U.S. Open, you miss in the rough. It, it's almost a penalty. We'll, we'll see how that is uh, at the PGA. It probably won't be as severe a test in the rough. But there's only one water hazard on the course, which is interesting, the eighth hole, um, the par three, the, the pond, which really isn't even in play. Right. So, you know, you're not going to see high scores that way. You aren't going to see, like, huge train wreck scores, I, I don't think. Um, and, and it's interesting, of course, though, too, because I know, Joel, we were just talking, the seventh hole has been changed for the pros from a five to a, a four. So that makes it tougher. But I was going to say, other than that, really, the front nine is really not that bad. But no, it's it, once it's, you make that turn, 10, 11, 12 just crush you. And then 15, 16, 17, again, you have these, right? I mean, both that's in, kind of Both the in 2009, 2009 U.S. Open and the 2012 and 2016 Barclays, those three holes play as the ranked in the top three toughest hole stretches on tour every every season, and uh, especially 11 and 12. They uh, getting a par there is getting a half a stroke on the field, mm-hmm. um, and then 16, 15, 16 are great too. And that 17 might be one of the more iconic par threes uh, the guys play all year. It's just a really good golf course. Um, but yeah, you're right. The front nine, especially the first hole, the way with technology, these guys can just drive the corner on the right side. Now there's really not a lot there, so. Uh, in a weird way, it, we're, the front, the, you're going to see the guys make the move on the front and the back. It's just more of who can hold on. I think what's interesting, too, actually from a spectator standpoint, it's a, I mean, if you're willing to go walk, because you, you said a big ball yard, and it's a big ball yard if you're a, a spectator or whatnot, mm-hmm. but because it's so wide open, I think people don't go to certain parts of the golf course. So if you're really trying to really watch and see something, I think you get a, a really good perspective. You get a, a pretty good uh, view of the action there and whatnot. You'll get to see a lot of golf if you're willing to put the effort in, which is kind of nice. Speaking of walking, it's a good transition. John Daly uh, has successfully petitioned, I guess, to be able to use a golf cart. Of course, John Daly is a former PGA champ that he won in 1991 at Crooked Stick, and he will be using a golf cart uh, this week at Bethpage Black, which on a typical week is one of the only public courses that you're not allowed to use a golf cart on. So, uh, Sam, you know, what do you make of this whole? Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a spectacle. I mean, for sure. Yeah. And it's John Daly. And it's John so Daly. It's, right. Yeah. I wonder how much of a bigger deal it would have been if we're talking about a player in his prime. So I think mm. we can agree that John Daly, to some extent, is not going to be a factor to right. actually contend. So people's objections to him having a cart might not be as strong. I mean, if you recall, I remember I covered that whole Casey Martin uh, saga in 1998. There was a lot of strong um, you know, opinions that this was a is a a part of the game that needed to be factored in, and that you you couldn't use a cart. I mean, even Jack Nicholas was one of those guys right. who came out and said, um, you know, walking is part of the game, and and that was a guy with a a, a disability, like a, a right. real disability that he was born with and had overcome that. And you know, I guess you know part of the thinking with 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 Casey Martin is the amount of quote unquote advantage he was getting from um, using a cart was offset by having a severely debilitating, painful condition. Uh, John Daly is osteoarthritis, correct? So it's yep. a, you know, it's a... It's, it's a, a real thing. Yeah, it's a real yeah. thing, and I don't mean to belittle it, but it's it's not... Um, it's something that, you know, he didn't have his entire life, and he was a golfer before this. And so, I don't know, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the fence philosophically about whether it should be allowed. I certainly feel like someone with, a, with disabilities, um, you have to accommodate them. 
and again, I just go back to the idea that if he was a player who is, you know, in the top 30 in the world asking for a cart, I think this would be a bigger deal. Oh, much bigger. He's listed at a thousand to one odds to win. So yeah, he's he's not going to be a factor. But I, I think I think that's why it's yeah. not going to quite get the uh, scrutiny, if you will, or not necessarily scrutiny, but the, the amount of criticism that it might have been. Like, well, just like you said, I, I mean, I, I think this is an injury. Like a lot of players have injuries that that happen over the normal wear and tear of your life and the normal Mm -hmm. wear and tear of being a golfer and so to be able to then get dispensation and get a golf cart i'm not sure i'm I'm on board with that Mm -hmm. i mean uh, tiger had back you know surgery effusion Uh, should he be able to get a golf cart i I don't know you know so i i i'd be more up in arms if i thought john daly was going to be a factor in the thing um now it's just gonna be interesting to see if he tears up the golf course with the cart (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's part that's kind of why this is a story right i mean the martin thing came down to a rights issue this is more i hate to say it's kind of a sardonic what's going to happen with john daly if it's wet out or people have to you know get him up certain hills it's it has i think that's i I think the actual broadcast itself it's not going to be a big deal it's only become a big deal if there's some type of viral moment of this but uh, it's it is it is weird that I uh, bet it's better than a thousand one odds that there could be some kind of a viral moment. <laughs> yes, <I think>. yes. <laughs> but it, it is weird that we're talking about John Daly a couple of days before the PGA Championship. I you know none of the game of us would have bet on that. That's true. Uh, well, it seems like Nick Faldo for one is is in that old school camp. Uh, basically, was asked about it and uh, sidestepped the question, then said, "I believe walking is an integral part of being a professional golfer." I'll leave it at that. So, I like that it's yeah. going to be an open aired cart, you know. So when it rains and and whatnot, he's going to have to brave the elements. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Is oh that is, it is going to be open that, according to the AP? Because yeah, I was going to say that would be if he had one of those souped up carts with the, all the you know the side, car. You know, is the, he allowed carrying diet cokes in that by the way too? Can he put his own logos on it? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. There's a lot. Right, he yeah, is going to have a signing, uh, like you know, you, you can buy John Daly swag off of the AP <laughs> signing off of the back of his cart. Uh, okay, another guy who let look. Let's just talk about Brooks Kepka before we forget to talk about Brooks. Did he Kepka. win this last year? He he won this okay. last year. Um, I believe even in our pre Masters, we didn't talk about him. Somehow, I don't know. Somehow he doesn't get talked about. And and Jim Nance just went on this this kind of impassioned rant, saying no one gives this guy enough credit, and he, he blamed himself even. And you know what? When he read off the stats, though, it is true. It, he made a point. If Rory or Dustin or someone else had won three out of six majors, it would be the first story every time. I mean, maybe not over Tiger, but and certainly if Tiger had done it, it would be the first story. So, look, this guy in the majors, he's always there. He almost won the Masters. He won the PGA. He won the U.S. Open uh, down the road at Shinnecock, also on Long Island last year. He is currently, I believe, 10 to 1 odds. He's the second favorite behind Tiger. Uh, does he deserve to be the favorite? Oh, I, I think he yeah, yeah. I, well yes I think he deserves to be the favorite uh, and, and as much for what he's shown he can do in major championships as anything else and then when you factor in what you need to do to play well I think at, at Beth Page uh, by all means I think he's a factor he's gonna, he can hit the ball uh, a ton he gets up for these major championships obviously again as we've said already you know and I'm gonna repeat this too often probably but these greens aren't that difficult to put on so if he gets just on a little bit of a roll with his irons and, and can get the ball close to the hole I think he's gonna be a factor just like he's been in, in a lot of the majors lately no I definitely think there's a reason he should be the favorite, and uh, we should be talking about him more. Well, you mentioned him, um, you know, winning at Shinnecock down the road. Well, the course that really, I think, um, 
points to him having success this week is where he won his first U.S. Open, which is Aaron Hills. Now, if you recall Aaron Hills, Aaron Hills was a U.S. Open where people were accusing it of being a PGA setup because there was big, wide fairways, you know, again, big landing areas. Um, greens were not terribly tough, and I just feel like that completely plays – uh, into into Kepka's hands. I mean, I don't. I think he's a great driver of the golf ball anyway. So he doesn't yeah. need the fairways to be, um, you know, super wide for him to be a factor. But I feel like it just allows him even more room for error. Where he, if he's a little bit off on Thursday, for instance, he's still going to be a factor. So I think yes, he's in my mind, he's the favorite. Well, then it's funny. I think it was Golf Channel the other night. They were mentioning that they were really concerned about how he's going to do out of the rough. He's a top fifteen player from approach out of the rough. So if anything, that this even plays into his hands more. Uh, not only that he won at Hills, but if you look at everywhere he's won, if had a different profile, it's not like Rory McIlroy where Rory just seems to win on it needs to be wet, it needs to be soft. I mean, he's done in so many different venues that really, yeah, where doesn't his game game travel to? So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Kepka's got to be the favorite. And he hit a golf shot onto a barge on Monday. There is that. So, yeah, you know, for, for Michelob Ultra to win some beers for people. So, yeah, his game goes travels well. <laughs> I, I think he's definitely the favorite uh uh, you know, you look over and over again, the, the whole Masters thing, the question was about the weight loss, everything else. He obviously, no concerns there. He looked great. What's crazy is when you look at his stats, and I know the Masters don't, the strokes gain doesn't come over on PGATour.com, but his stats aren't that good. You wonder what is he so good at, but we know he's he's obviously good at everything. Uh, and for whatever reason, at these other events, he, he just doesn't doesn't do as well. But I know, I, I think he deserves to be the favorite. Uh, we'll get to our picks later, but... Um, Hopefully one of us at least will pick him so he won't be I know. Be upset Bulletin board material. Um, all right. We have not mentioned Tiger Woods yet, I don't think. But we have to talk about Tiger Woods. Uh, the PGA, uh, Jim Nance just said that they hit the lottery in terms of the scheduling, and he's correct. Uh, you know, this, this move to May had been discussed for a while. It finally happens this year. You get Bethpage Black, which is going to, you know, bring extra eyeballs, New York area, and now you have Tiger Woods – you know, going for the calendar Grand Slam. Of course, it's not going to happen, but the guy who wins the first major is the only person who has a chance, and it just happens to be Tiger Woods. So, Sam, how, you know, how huge is that for the event, and uh, and what do we think totally. about Tiger? I mean, like, I, when, when he won the Masters, um, people talked about, you know, how would this be good for golf? And for me, the, the answer is um, it's good for golf, not because it means Tiger is going to win every tournament or contend every tournament, but suddenly uh, – just renews focus on tournaments that maybe would be overlooked. And I actually think that PGA would have had a little bit of an identity problem because mm-hmm. people would, would have, you know, forgotten that it was in May yeah. and might not have had the same level of anticipation and excitement. Well, all of a sudden, again, Tiger does not need to win this tournament, but for him to even be in contention and, or I should say, even just a factor, um, elevates the event because people are obviously very excited to see how he follows up hasn't played since the masters which might even help that narrative even more mm-hmm. if he had played like last week at yes. Quail hollow yes. something like oh we kind of see that you know yes. he's just another guy right yeah. so um i think it's super um helpful i think he there's every reason to believe that he can contend for all the reasons that you know have made him a factor in the last three majors as well so um i'm excited to see how he fares I mean, I think it's huge for the event. Uh, Seth Waugh, when he had a, a, a press uh, call a couple weeks ago, mentioned you know it was um, fantastic for them and whatnot. And, and just like you said, I, I think 
you know, we're so into the mix in golf here. We knew, obviously, the PGA is moving this time. It's going to be in May. It's just going to be a few weeks away from the Masters. But I think to the layman, that might not have been something that was top of mind. So suddenly it refocuses them on this event and gives the PGA of America a great opportunity to recast the event in May with this, uh, you know, very likely uh, larger crowd than they would have gotten otherwise. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point. Obviously, the move to May, it reminds me, it's kind of amazing that they – they didn't do this earlier because for the players, I know not to talk about the players. I mean, this was huge for both of these events. We wouldn't talk about the players nearly as much if it's sandwiched. Well, in that the was middle. that was the yeah no determination no, I, we I, made. That was I it. mean, it just now it seems like a no brainer for both of those events to do this. Yeah, I mean, at the time there was this belief that well, the 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 players was potentially sacrificing some of its identity because it had made it itself. It was the big event. Of right. May. But, but you're right. No, you're mixed. No... When you're mixed in between the other majors, you get lost in the shuffle because once the masters happens, we're, you know, we're kind of, mm-hmm. we're waiting for the next big, big one. And I agree. Right. I mean, if you know, and both of you guys, I mean, if it weren't for, obviously we know this is our job, we're, we're, we're following it, but there are a lot of people who don't know the PGA championship even still next week. But once they start seeing commercials and Tiger and this and that and Beth page, I think there'll be this drawn, but Joel, you know, back to Tiger. Um, he did make the decision not to play Wells Fargo Fargo. And, um, you know, a lot of people are questioning, does he need the reps? Does he need the rest? Kind of where do you fall on that uh, side? You're a guy with back issues yourself. So. <laughs> From one old man to another. Yeah. But. I have pictures of you stretching on the f- fairway at Bethpage. Do you really? Once yeah. again, you and these pictures. Yeah. Destiny oh, taking I'm, pictures yeah. of people. you got to watch out. I'll, I'll, I have a quick draw with yeah. the, the phone. I'm a little more concerned about these photos now that you bring <laughs> that up. But No, I think, like, like Sam just mentioned, if if you played at Wells Fargo and had a missed cut or a so-so showing, I think I actually would have taken a, a little bit of the steam out of, mm-hmm. out of this. Um, he's also, I think, not the point where he needs to get uh, start under his belt to be fully ready um, before coming into this championship. He knows his body better than anybody else. And as he even alluded to two weeks ago when uh, not playing at the Wells Fargo, he was still a little worn out from the act. I mean, Matt, that, those final two rounds really took a lot out of him. Uh, but, I mean, this is the course where, yes, he won in 2002, but he also had a really nice uh, Monday finish in 2009. I think he finished T6 yep. still. So uh, he knows this course well. Uh, to me, it would really be see how he does off the tee because – Unlike unlike Kepka, he kind of struggles to get out of the rough. He's like outside the top 200 in rough proximity um, with his approaches. Even though he's on this what, hitting 75 percent of his greens yep. this year, it, it's really when when he gets in the rough, he can't get the ball anywhere close to the hole. So, uh, to me, that'll be the big thing. Um, we saw it. Augusta really improved his accuracy up the tee those final three rounds. Um, yeah, it, it's it'd be something if he pulled it off. I think uh, maybe that we need to put our expectations just a little bit down because this is going to be a, a much different setup. I think mm-hmm. than, or, this is a different Tiger, obviously, than we've seen in the past. Well, and, and obviously, you know, a lot of people keep bringing up the weather as well in terms of the temperature. And, you know, you're looking at the forecast, and it, it's nothing crazy, but it's like high mid-60s every day, pretty windy. It'll be kind of like what it was like mm-hmm. at Shinnecock, uh, you know, 10 to 15-mile-an-hour winds, high mid-60s. But so, if you know, if he has an early tee time one of those days, it'll probably be like 55 degrees or so and pretty windy when he, when he tees off. So at least one morning he'll have a few layers on probably – um, you know, it might be wet. On, yeah, she's man. If it's under sixty, I go for at least five layers. Yeah. Let me let me let me ask you a question. I mean, we talked after the Masters that one of the you know underrated parts of Tiger's games, or one of the reasons that he uh, won at Augusta, was just his mind. Was out thinking his competitors. Was kind of strategizing his way around the golf course. 
do are we in agreement that that type of um, mental advantage is, or I should say, you know, you can't forge that type of mental advantage at Beth Page Black. There's not as much imagination required. Mm-hmm. Like it's slow. Hmm. It's almost like it plays out of his hands. Where there's less imagination, there's less, you know, variety in shots, all that type of thing. Well, and, well excuse me, and the fact that, quite honestly, I, I mean, I know he's won on this golf course. I know he's played it a couple times, but it's only a couple times. Like, the local knowledge that he has at Augusta, I would argue, right. allows him right. to do that strategy so much more than it would at Bethpage. So I don't think it quite factors in the way it did at Augusta. I think Augusta is a unique uh, place for him because of – his experience there and again while he's got experience we're seeing online that he he's practicing there mm-hmm. uh you know this week and then today and 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 i think he'll he he obviously knows his game well enough to be able to figure out what am i going to need to do to play the best but at the same time i don't think it's quite the mental gymnastics that right. he, he's going to have to execute this week or he's going to be able to execute this week to be able to then outshine everybody. Like, mm-hmm. we won't have a moment. Like, we keep talking about these moments at Augusta, but that uh, that lag putt on the ninth oh, hole, remember? Yeah, yeah. It was the most – I mean, again, it was a lag putt, which is yeah. hard to ima- – it's hard to believe that that was such an exciting right. moment, but it was because it, really- it was so impossible. I don't know if there are those type yeah, of opportunities right. or moments – at Page Black, which sounds like I'm criticizing the golf course. Uh, maybe I am a little bit. But that was such a unique Tiger moment. Yeah, but but again, you know, it is a small sample size, but a win there in 2002. And Joel mentioned 2009, he actually played in just awful weather yeah. that first day. I think uh, he didn't play till Friday, but it, which was funny because Sergio in 2002 had made that comment that they would have stopped playing oh if Tiger gosh, was playing. Yeah. So then seven years later, Tiger actually did play in just the worst conditions possible. He put up a 74 after that round, he actually had the best score over the last 54 holes of anybody. Um, you know, he couldn't quite, obviously, track down the leaders that day. But, you know, he must be pretty confident. I think 2002, he pretty much led wire to wire. I know, but, like, you're talking about Tiger in 2002, he was yeah. just the best golf in the world. He was just that much better yeah, than everyone. Yeah, that's like, true. The, the, the golf course was, was, almost, was almost irrelevant. Yeah. I think, though, when you meant that the mental edge for Tiger, at least what I kind of think of it as, it's not necessarily doing like yes, the leg parts are part of it, but it's also studying a golf course and realizing what type of game it's going to take. And what's been most encouraging over the last nine months or so is that I think when we looked at will Tiger have a chance to win a major again, we thought it was going to be an open where you would need to be around par or need to really tough it out. We saw at Bell Reeve that when guys went really low, like Tiger, you know, went 14 under. I think a lot of that was realizing, you know, here's what the golf right. course is dictating. Here's what I need to do. So uh, to me, I think. For a guy who kind of struggles on Thursday in first rounds, it'll be really interesting to see what Tyre comes out and just kind of plays it safe, does you know something around par, or if he realizes, hey, this might take a lower number than we're used to seeing at Beth Page. And mm-hmm. uh, to me, I think that's where that fortitude and mental grind will come in. Uh, all right, we we done talking about Tiger for now. For now, yeah. for now. Okay. Are you Let's, okay with that? I I'm okay. Yeah. We'll go back to we'll get back to him. Uh, Jordan Spieth doesn't have to uh, you know he it's his turn. Like Rory at the Masters getting the questions about the Grand Slam. It's Jordan Speed's turn now at the PGA Championship. Obviously, this is not, you know. Is this your opportunity to rip on Speed again? Yes. Okay, cue the uh, Alex Rip Speed music. Not, uh, it's not the sexiest storyline, maybe, but he okay. is going trying to c- complete the career Grand Slam yet again. Um, he's down to 30 to 1 odds, which frankly is ridiculous because he should be at least 50 to 1 odds. He is literally the worst weekend player on the PGA Tour. You cannot make that up. He is the worst. Um, and his absence from the Zurich Classic actually won Ryan Palmer a title. <laughs> uh, so 
is he is is it possible that he flips the switch? Now, obviously, he, we're taping this as the uh, Byron Nelson is going on. There is a chance, I guess, that his home event he could kind of flick the switch, find something again. I'd love to see it, but I'm doubtful. <laughs> I, I think okay. it, I, <laughs> shocker. No, I, I think it's a long-term project here. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I you know I, I was of the opinion that I did think perhaps uh, the Masters, given his. Uh, ability to play so well on that golf course in the past might have been something that could have helped flip that switch right. and it didn't happen right. and and so i i think it's a longer process now he's going to have to go through and to expect him to then suddenly contend in the pga um you know the the good thing is in an ordinary build-up to a PGA Championship, I think he'd actually be feeling more pressure because he'd get all these questions about, right. can you cap the Grand Slam? I don't think anybody thinks no he's going to win. No one's even thinking about it. So, yeah. I, don't, I mean, the fact that you're going to even ask the question almost, right. you forget about, oh, yeah, this could be the Grand Slam right. for him. He's played that poorly, unfortunately, in the right. last few uh, months. So, uh, you know, I, I think expecting him to, to make that kind of a leap um, is, is a huge one and, and, and just too tall of an uh, ask. He hasn't been playing, though, that bad the last two tournaments. After that rough Thursday at Augusta, he actually played well over the weekend to not only make the cut on Friday, but then finished T21 still. A pretty good showing given how uh, bad he was on Thursday. At what, Her- at what tournament? Masters. And then oh, at, right. uh, okay. at Heritage, went, I think he went into the weekend only one back. Now, granted, yeah, as you mentioned, fell apart. But T- it's not like he's, he's there's been no signs of hope whatsoever. Um, Sam mentioned earlier – Bethpage really is this big ballpark in the sense of you really can't get into tree trouble for the most part. I mean, you, you can find a lot of rough, but if you look at where Speed's really struggled this year, it's been off the tee. He's 207th in strokes gains off the tee. So the fact that he can kind of spray the ball a little bit That's and true. still have a shot at the greens, um, and we've seen in the past that how, how well of a second-shot player he is, by no means my listing is the six or seven favorites going in here, but I think this is a guy who definitely has a chance to make the cut and Again, from where where he's been earlier this year, I think that's a start, and I, I wouldn't be totally surprised if he's there come Friday afternoon. That's a good point with the trees because no one snipes trees like like Jordan Speed off the tee. I hate to say it. it's true. All right, all right. another wild player um, who's had a chance to win here both times, Phil Mickelson. Uh, you know, got off to the great start to 2019. It's kind of cooled off. We kind of thought including he thought as well that he would turn it around at Wells Fargo. He did not. He missed the cut. He did show off some impressive pop, taking some BP at uh, Target Field where the Twins play. He hit a home run. Although, Ryan, you're, you're disputing the home run uh, legitimacy. I would have liked to have seen it land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Phil. <laughs> to see a second camera Another, angle. Another uh, moon landing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, what you know, is this a case where – he can be picked up by the New York crowd once again and rally behind that. And I mean, to an extent. Yeah. I mean, if you had to quantify how many strokes that's worth, it's right. what worth half a shot, maybe. <laughs> um, it certainly will be a a storyline because of he's had these you know close calls at Bethpage Black in particular. Um, Everyone thinks he's going to be the captain here uh, right. when right. the Ryder Cup comes around in a few years. Sure, sure. I, actually, I forgot about that. That's a good point too. So yeah, I mean, he's obviously it's a it's a golf course that where he's had some success it's uh, talk about a guy whose driver can suddenly you know cause him problems i feel like at least this is a place where um you know he's got some room to work with again there's a lot of rough so it's not like it's uh the, you know it's not like it's a total free pass off the tee but um i would be i would be uh fairly confident that he will be make the cut and you know and maybe have a look at the leaderboard at some point, but I feel like four rounds of it is probably too much to ask, just because he doesn't have enough form really drawn this year. 
yes, I only won top 25 finish since winning at Pebble um, in his last seven starts. And, you know, mentioned earlier this week that he feels kind of nervous about his game after that Wells Fargo performance, even though his swing speeds up. Uh, he doesn't think, you know, this is a guy who exudes confidence and the fact that he's even admitting any yeah. type of vulnerability is, is something new for Phil. And even though he is a PGA, championship as, uh, PGA champion as well, outside of Valhalla, he hasn't really played that well at the tournament since Baldestrol. So uh, uh, missed the cut the last two appearances, only one top 10 finish in his last 10 appearances at the PGA. So, yeah, I think Phil's just – he's only a factor in name only. Hmm. 2009, Phil made eagle on 13. He was tied for the lead with just a few holes to play. Made a couple bogeys down the stretch. That was his fifth – Runner-up the U.S. Open, he added another one at Marion. That's so. when he famously gave the silver medal to uh, Ricky or one of the other players and says, don't worry, I already have one of these. Right, So, you know, that broke the record that year, but then he ended up – he has six runner-ups. So, obviously, this is not the U.S. Open. We're not talking about the U.S. Open, but still, just Beth Page. Um, his his past performances there have been, have been very strong. All right, guys, who – you know, obviously, another big storyline at Beth Page that year – was well, Lucas Glover won, which is still kind of crazy to think. But Ricky Barnes almost won, which is even crazier to think. And then David Duvall, out of nowhere, ranked 882nd in the world, uh, had a chance to win as well on Sunday. So, you know, maybe not going that far down the line, but is there anyone who's under the radar um, like that who we, we could see pulling off uh, a win in the PGA? It's, I mean, not that far down, but one guy who one here in 2016 that exactly. I feel like no one's given any credit to is Patrick Reed mm. slowly um you know he's really struggled with his game since Shinnecock last year after making that uh, Sunday run has really been all over the map but uh working with a couple of different coaches now slowly starting to get back into form and if there really is a premium on finding the fairway Reed's one of the better guys at keeping the ball straight so I think that's a name guys should keep an eye out for yeah I, I really thought in theory that he could be a, a sleeper kind of pick here because obviously he felt comfortable playing the golf course if he's feeling at all comfortable with some of the adjustments he's making to his game, th this would seem to be a pretty interesting place for him to then, you know, try to, to, to put them all into place and see what he can do. Uh, you know, he he had a track record before finally winning the Masters of not doing all that well in major championships, but I think uh, he's kind of over that now to a certain extent. And now, uh, you know, again, the familiarity or the comfortability, I should say, at Beth Page, I think makes him an intriguing guy to look at at least. Wow, Patrick Reed, really. With all the – you know, coaches and everything else he's got going on. If he feels good yeah. about his game, there's a guy that I think feeds off of a, a, a his own vibe. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. And so if he's feeling good about his game, he's I think we'll have good memories, obviously, from winning here before. Uh, you know, I'm not sure how the crowd will interact with him or whatnot. I'm not sure if that will help him, hurt him, or whatever. But I think it's the kind of thing where, you know, he's, he's liable to, to, to spoil everybody else's parade. Hmm. He likes hostile crowds. I'm not saying Beth Page is hostile, and they probably won't be to him, but he likes that, you know, s spark. When the crowd has an extra spark, he plays off that. I, I, I actually could see him being, you know, one of the more popular guys in from the gallery. We can go week. one of two ways. Yeah. yeah. Very popular yeah. or just like, you know, kind of gets targeted <laughs> like Sergio has been a few times. He just has that right. uh, because he's, you know, he's emotive and he might right. react to something. And he just – it could go one of two ways. But um, – 
Yeah, I wouldn't call him completely off radar, but your, your question was, you know, like, who is a surprise guy? I feel yeah. like the PGA, because it's the PGA and because the last major at Bethpage was, you know, had all these kind of random guys in the mix, uh, save for the 20 club pros, I don't think there's really anyone that would be a complete shot. Well, maybe John Daly would be the other one. Right. Um, you know, I just feel like it's it's a, it's a venue or it's a it's an event that invites um, you know at least two or three complete surprises every year, and uh, it's had a pretty good run of winners um, actually. So you can't really say like it's, you know the days of Sean McKeel and. Uh, whatnot are you don't have as many of those anymore, but I feel like you're going to have a you know Lucas Spearguard type of leaderboard at some point. Well, I was going to say when I'm looking at some of these odds now, and there are some kind of tasty odds down here. Keegan Bradley, 125 to one, playing better for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's a local that's pretty, experience given the yeah, St. John's roots and connection. Exactly, I think. that one jumped down. The guy I was going to say. Um, again, you know, not like he's off off the radar, but Adam Scott, 40 to one odds. We've we've talked a couple times today about how. The greens at Bethpage are not the most difficult to navigate. So, you know, if he were to win a major, I feel like, you know, hit a few, hit a lot of greens, make a couple putts, kind of, you know, it's he's not going to be laboring as much over a second putt here as he would at at uh, Augusta National. It's funny his putting stats are actually pretty good this mm-hmm. year. He's 14th in strokes gain putting, but again, that did not factor in the Masters where he had to have been dead last in the field. I mean, it was, it was bad. It was <laughs> brutal to watch by the weekend. So, again, I don't think he's going to have as much trouble on these greens. Obviously, he's a tremendous ball striker, and he's, you know, sneakily one of the longest players as well. He played well in the PGA last year. And he, I mean, right, he that was, was in kind contention, of his, at least. Uh, oh, yeah, that was – exactly. That was kind of his, you know, hey, look at me. I can still win a major moment. Uh, you know, it, it's funny how you're saying that because the greens are pretty flat that it's sort of de-emphasizes putting. The other way of looking at it is um, – People can make more. Well, yeah, like I look at a guy like Jason Day, not an off-the-radar guy. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, you know, great yeah. long putter. We talked about Spieth. How could Spieth can potentially contend? Just Starts rolling in a bunch yeah. of 30-footers because you have these, you know, these flattish greens where you can take aggressive lines at holes. And so you could see a guy like Jason Day – you know, suddenly make a, a bunch of bombs and put himself in the yeah. mix. So what about Rory then? Because th- that, to me, is the one I'm still trying to figure out. Right. After watching Rory last weekend, uh, you know, have another Sunday experience where he just wasn't able to, to get uh, get mo- make any movement, I- I'm trying to figure out whether I think he should be a favorite or not at the PGA because, I mean, he's playing well, obviously, and then now we're going to a place where, in theory, the, the greens are flat. If he's ever going to have an right. opportunity to start to putt a little yeah. bit better, this would be the place. But I'm not sure if I'm willing to bet on him anymore. I think he really scared me off this last weekend. Right. You know, I, I'm as much an apologist for him as anything, and I think he gets a little, uh, you know, boost by having come through and won at the players. But I'm not sure where to go with that. I'm curious what you guys think. I mean, he's absolutely a, f- a favorite. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Joel. But like, you know, he's is he among the favorites? Absolutely. He's the, you know, he's he's had the best um, year in terms of like being a contention the most. So there's no way he can't be considered a guy. Does uh, does his Sunday problems? Do his Sunday problems give me pause about thinking he can get it done? Yeah. But then again, he had a whole bunch of problems leading into the players. The same thing where he couldn't, com- you know, couldn't finish the job on Sunday, and then he won there. So he is afforded some latitude and thinking that he can um you know can come through so is he my number one guy no i'm going to stick with kepka but i think mcelroy is going to be a factor yeah it's amazing you know he had a disappointing weekend but again another terrible sunday two over and he still finished tied for eighth yeah and that and that's actually his second worst strokes uh tournament uh yeah stroke play tournament finish this year uh i think he's had eight top tens in nine starts 
So if you're betting on someone to finish in the top 10, he's 100% the favorite. <laughs> if you're betting on someone to win, I don't know. But you're right, Ryan. I mean, we always talk about big, wet, you know, courses. Uh, you know, that's what, what suits his style. And then you throw in the greens not being that tough. You would think this would be the spot for him to break that drought, which now is – Man, it's almost five years since he's won a major. If you're looking for positives, I know the Sunday at Quail Hollow is definitely sticking to people, but after a really shaky driving performance at Augusta, he kind of got things back on track in Charlotte last week, and that's the one thing that would give me pause. Not necessarily that he'd be all over the map with his driver, but what those what those shots would leave him. Because with Rory, it's not so much of the putting, at least with me. It's those approaches from 125 mm-hmm. yards, and that's where he's really been the mess. So. Uh, if he can, if the driver was as good as it was at Quail Hollow, I think, yeah, I think he will live up to the, the favorite billing. But um, for me, it comes down to how he does off the tee. Well, it's kind of crazy, too, because, yeah, a lot of people were talking about how he was making those adjustments at Quail Hollow. And meanwhile, he leads the tour in basically mm-hmm. every driving or ball striking category. Not not strokes gained approach, but strokes gained tee to green, he's number one by far. Driving, he's number one by far. Um, so obviously he's doing something pretty well, and the fact that he's still tinkering it shows you. I mean, the mindset of most of these guys—they're they're never satisfied, obviously, with how how they're playing. Um, all right, let's see. Who we basically talked about everybody else. Let's let's you know let's give some picks here. Well, I should just uh, say, I did ask my son who was just texting me while I was saying oh. he's picking. He says his two picks are the two JRs, John Rahm and Justin Rose. So for oh, whatever that's oh. worth, that's two JRs. Yeah, right. I mean Rahm is not. I mean both of them are. I, I don't know why I feel like. Justin Rose. I mean, we went the whole time talking without talking about Justin Rose. I mean, that's the thing. There's so many guys though. Yeah. Like John Rahm's now ranked what tenth or eleventh in the world. I mean, you you have to go through the list. You know, one guy we haven't really talked about though before we get into the picks is Justin Thomas, and there was this you know the wrist injury he he pulled out of Quail Hollow where he won the, his only major. Um, he had a picture right where he had a, some kind of cast on his on his wrist. How worried are we about that? I mean, to me, that's that's a obviously a red flag. I'm not. I'm probably not picking him because, you know, Vegas is not going to go easy on his odds. He's still uh, 16. Actually, he did drop a little. He probably dropped from I think 12 to one to 16 to one. I still think that's a little too, too not enough to uh, to bet on him, especially with the injury question. Yeah, I mean, he actually had a sneaky good PGA last year. Uh, definitely uh, take a backseat to some of the bigger names there. But, um, yeah, with, with the fact that he, he dropped out of Quail Hollow got, where he won his PGA really makes you wonder how, how bad the injury is. Um, but another guy is Dustin Johnson. I mean, the guy, <laughs> how, how yeah. we you know not mention him? And if we're talking about a big ballpark, this is this is yeah. a type of venue that suits his game to a tee. Um, and even someone like Gary Woodland, who played really well last year at the PGA, it just – See, we have this issue. I feel like at every tournament, there's yep. just so many names out there at picking a winner. It's it's like a it's fool's errand. All right, so let's so let's each give maybe like three guys we like then, but we'll cheat a little. It's Sanders softly. I feel like I go with this every major. Okay, but he, yep. he keeps showing Sander. up. Uh, every major, he seems he like does. he's in the mix. Yep. Um, and it's weird because he's a top 15 player, but I think that's a name who I think a lot of people don't have at the at the forefront of their mind. But there's no weak part of his game, and it just it just it's a it's a safe pick, uh, not a sexy pick, but um, yeah, I think Xander is going to be in the mix. Okay, that's one guy. You have a couple other guys. And other guys are mentioned earlier: Dustin Johnson and Gary Woodland. I think if it does rain like it's supposed to, it actually hurts the guys are really good in the approach game because at that point it kind of opens up for everyone to really land the ball in the green and that's kind of been Woodland and DJ's kind of sore spot the past four or five months so if we're thinking this is going to really suit the big hitters I think those guys have to be at the top of the list 
Sam? Well, you, I said Kepka. I've been Kepka, pretty consistent yep. with that. So uh, I do now that I've, I've talked myself into liking Jason Day for the reasons I described before, and i got to come up with a third guy. I mean, again, I, I 100% agree with you that if you had a bet on a top 10, you should definitely bet on Rory to do a top 10, but I will, I'll, I will not be so predictable in saying that. I will say, um, I, like you know, there's a million guys, but I'm going to say Webb Simpson is another guy who might factor in. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Uh, right. I, I I like Kepka and DJ. I was hoping we'd all stay quiet on DJ, right. and I was going to jump right good, on good. in there. there. I, yeah. I definitely think DJ. You know, when I'm looking at what's interesting is what we just said. We've got so many good players out there now that sometimes you're forgetting about some of them, even in the mix right. here. You don't even talk about them. I think though this week. I think it's going to be somebody who's won a major championship before. I think that because there's all these good players out there, what's going to separate certain things right now is going to be the the pucker factor to a certain extent and the pressure of actually winning a major championship. And so for the guys who've already won one and aren't going to necessarily have that feeling, I think they're going to have an advantage. So I think about Xander. I think about Tony uh, Finau. Mm -hmm. I think about some of these other guys who are still going for that first one. John Rahm even to a certain extent. He's still right. trying to go for that first one. And then there's going to be so many players out there that have a shot who've already won a major championship who don't have that extra pressure. So I would look for somebody who's actually won a major already. So I'm going to go with Brooks. I'm going to go with DJ, or I'm going to go with Rory. Maybe I'm talking myself into Rory. And I mean, again, all chalk. I'm not. I'm not yeah. doing anybody interesting. At least Simpsons won a major before, and so right, yeah, right. you've got that one. But uh, I, I really think it's somebody who uh, has already got the got the spotlight on them and whatnot, and goes for a, another major. Is there a big name out there that you really want to avoid? Well, Justin Jordan Spieth. Justin Thomas, George Jordan Spieth, does he count? I don't know. Um, Justin Thomas, just because of the wrist injury. Other than that, no, I mean, yeah, we, there's so many guys. I mean, we haven't talked about Bryson DeChambeau. We haven't talked about Francesco Molinari, who's almost won I know. You know, uh, two of the last three majors. It, it's crazy how deep you can go. But, no, for me, you know, the conversation has to start with Brooks Kepka. Let the record show Joel's the only – of us four who didn't pick him to win Brooks, just, just so you know that. So I'm going with Brooks Kepka. No beer for you, Joe. Um I also, I, I, you know, I like Rory. Again, I'm, I'm going chalk here, too. I like Rory. And before the year started, I picked Tiger to win the PGA. I also picked Rom to pick the win the Masters. That didn't work out. But So I have to stick with Tiger just because of that. So Tiger, Brooks, and Rory. And then – I still like Adam Scott best value-wise, 40-1. Oh, that's to one. that's, yeah, that's, that's still my value pick. So anything else, guys? Are we excited about uh, heading over there? Uh, obviously, it's a little quicker trip than some other tournaments, uh, depending on what time of day, I guess, you drive. Just, I don't – I was there in 09. Just, mm. no, just don't let's, be – no, Let's not be as sloppy as 09. Oof. The whole Monday finish. Good luck. I, I, I lost at least one, I think two pairs of shoes that week. Oof. It was – it was a bad one. Yeah, I do feel like this tournament, this venue, deserves a good yeah. week in Does terms of just it. not having all kinds of because th that's now most of the country's uh, <laughs> perception. you know perception right. of Beth Page Black is this you know sloppy you know guys rushing into vans to get taken off right. the golf course and it's 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 too bad because it's right. you know it's a kind of a it's a it's a real treasure right. uh, of a place for the for the state and for for golfers around here and and I feel like that's one thing that hasn't really come across yet. Yeah, it's I think we always look at the PGA as the final major. I really do think not only because of the Tiger move up but because the because of this new spot in the calendar and because it's Beth Page is a really good course to welcome in this new the the, the new format, new change. Um yeah, it's I've never been more excited for a PGA championship. I don't know about you, but it's this is it's going to be something.
No, I agree. I think that the move up has everybody a lot more excited, and Beth Page definitely adds to the allure. Uh, who's going to join the list of champions here? Tiger Woods, Lucas Glover, and myself, Joel Beal, Stephen Hennessy, Chris Powers. That just incredible performance. I do think your name is up Day. somewhere in the hall. Right? Of, we of, should of have Beth it. Page yeah. Clubhouse there yeah. somewhere. We got some merch. We got those New York State uh, wood. What are those things? I don't know. They're, they're kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tried to hang them up downstairs, and the wife told me. I yeah, I was to told to bring it to the office, so it's sitting on my desk. But anyway. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks, as always, to our producer, Brittany Romano. Uh, thanks to uh, – well, yeah, thanks for listening. Please you feel subscribe you're very to full us. of gratitude. I'm today. very full of gratitude. Uh, <laughs> enjoy the golf next week. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. And check back next week when we have more from the PGA Championship.